It's so good to hear Karen's testimony, you know? I mean, she went through so many months. So many months of like, what's going on? I, I don't have a place to live and not knowing where she's going to live. And then her sister opens up the doors, but she's still waiting and waiting and waiting. And we go through these times and seasons where we're waiting on the Lord and we just don't know what he's doing and, and, and or where he's taking us. But we do know one thing, even during those seasons of waiting, during those seasons of, of questioning and wondering, we know that the Lord is good. All the time, the Lord is good. And we know that he's with us. He's with us. And it's so easy to not remember that because we're so, we, in our minds, we can think that the Lord is with us, with us only in times of blessing. Like if we're being blessed, right? If there's something happening in our life that's, 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 um, that's a, a tangible blessing, when we see that in our life, the Lord is with me. But how, how many of us can so easily say that during the times that we're, we just don't know where the Lord is taking us when we're feeling lonely, when we're feeling sick, when we just don't know what's happening and we're dealing with trial and it's, it doesn't seem to be resolving as quickly as we would like. How many of us say that the Lord is with, the Lord is with me? And that's really where God wants us to be because it's true. It says in, in Psalm 139, it says, where can I go? Where can I go from your presence? Where? Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee? From your presence. If I ascend to heaven, you are there. That means you're there in the good times. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. That means you're there in the really, really tough times. Same God, not less God. Not a, a lower amount of God. Same God, same spirit. There, whether we're riding on the wings of the dawn, as it says, that's the good times, or if we're are, are, are dwelling in the farthest, farthest reaches of the sea, those are the lonely times. You are there, even there, even there, even there. Your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me. Even there. I like that it says, even there, even there. In times of homelessness, even there, your hand will guide me. Thank you, Father. Even there, whether I'm feeling good and I got a good report from the doctor, even there, his spirit is with you. Even there, he is there. Or if I make my bed in an MRI machine, even there, his hand will hold you. His hand is holding you. It's similar to a, um, a phrase that's used in Judaism that's, dis that's ascribed to this rabbi named Rabbi Nacham. Nacham. He's uh, a, probably a contemporary of Yeshua. We don't certainly see him in the Bible. We see him in the Talmud. Apparently he lived... In the, around the time of Yeshua, before the temple was destroyed. Who knows, maybe he was one of the Pharisees that actually encountered Yeshua. We don't know. Maybe he was one of the Pharisees who Yeshua reprimanded for being hypocritical. Maybe he was one of those Pharisees who sought out Yeshua at night. We don't know. But he's been quoted uh, as saying this famous quote in Judaism, even, even, even this is for good. Or more accurately, 
This too, this too is for good. This too is for good. You know, we're going through the story of Joseph and we know Joseph, and Joseph is, a, is an amazing story from a messianic perspective, and, maybe, and many that are in a messianic congregation know the blessing of, of knowing that, that, that Joseph is a foreshadow of Jesus, that Joseph is a foreshadow of the Jewish people accepting Jesus, and we know this. This has become sort of a tenet, something that we know, that Joseph was rejected by his Jewish brothers. He was rejected by his Jewish brothers, and they thought he was dead. They thought he was no more, but he actually became a leader over a Gentile nation like Yeshua did. And the Jewish brothers thought he was gone, but really he was very much alive, and he was this leader over a Gentile nation. And then famine came into the land of Israel, and the land of Israel even right now is going through a bit of a famine as well with the war, and just may they encounter their brother even in this time. But during this time of a famine, they went to Egypt to, just to get food, and they wound up being in front of Joseph, but they didn't know because he didn't look like a Jew anymore. He looked like an Egyptian, right? Walked like an Egyptian, right? And they didn't recognize him. He just looked like an Egyptian. But at the end, he just took off everything that made him look Egyptian, everything that made him look foreign to his brothers, and he revealed himself. And we see that. We see the connection with Yeshua. We see that happening, God willing, in the future where, where Yeshua, Jesus, will take off anything that makes him unrecognizable to his brothers and will reveal himself to them. And we know this, and we know this, and it's such an amazing part of of the story of Joseph, but that's not where the Holy Spirit is leading me to go. The Holy Spirit, when it comes to the story of Joseph, is leading me to go to one little verse today, which actually doesn't even happen in this Torah portion. It happens in the Torah portion from last week, which is very similar to what we're talking about, which is very similar to Karen's testimony, very similar to those who are telling me that they're unemployed, those that are telling me that they're sick, those that are telling me that they can't get over the loss of their loved one. It says that while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. Come on, somebody. Do you understand what I'm saying here? When Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. This doesn't make sense in our limited thinking because Joseph just went through really bad stuff. He went through false, wrongful imprisonment. He was accused of things he didn't do. How can you say the Lord was with him? He went to jail for years and years and years. We don't exactly know how long he was in jail. He was in prison, but it was for a really long time. And I don't know how many people here in this hearing today have ever been in jail, but however the, the, however the environment was in jail today, I assure you back then it was a whole lot worse. It was probably some just disgusting rat-infested cave and it was probably locked up and couldn't move, shackled to the wall or something like that. But the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. God is calling a people to not just say the Lord is with me because I'm going through time of blessing. God is looking for a body that will be, will be fighting cancer and say, but the Lord is with me. God is looking for a body that, is, that doesn't just say the Lord is with me when I got the good job. God is looking for a body that's going to say the Lord is with me during my unemployment. I am unemployed. I've been unemployed for a year, but the Lord is with me. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? You know, the Lord is with me because me and my wife, we have a really good relationship. But you know what? There's some people, some people right now are dealing with issues with their spouse where maybe one spouse is up in the bedroom and the other spouse is on the couch. But the Lord is with me. 
but the Lord is with me. Some people have a good relationship with their family members. Some people have to go and, and, and visit their family members' graves. But the Lord is with me. Do you know what I'm saying? The Lord is with me. He was in prison, but the Lord was with him. This is what God wants you to recognize. Where can you flee from his presence? Where can you flee from his spirit? If you make your bed in hell, he is there. If you're riding up to this, ascending to heaven, he is there. If you're riding on the wings of the dawn, he is there. He's holding you. If, you're at the, make your, if you make your dwelling in the outermost parts, he's holding you. His right hand holds you. Even there. Even there. While Joseph was in prison, even there. Even there. The Lord was with him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And it's something that happens in our life. You know, I'm a big believer in speaking life. It says in the Proverbs that life and death are the power of the tongue. And I'm a believer in speaking life. I'm a believer in speaking health. I'm a believer in speaking goodness over our lives, goodness over our families. But let's just be real for it with ourselves just for a millisecond. Not everything that we speak comes to pass. Yeshua said that in this world we're going to have tribulation. We're going to have trial. It's going to happen. Some bad times come, but the Lord is with you right there. The Lord is with you. The Lord is not just with you when things are good. The Lord is with you equally when things are not looking so good. Equally. Equally. Where can you flee from his spirit? And we keep asking in the times that are challenging. We keep like, well, what's happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Lord, tell me what's going on. Tell me what's going on. What did I do? Tell me what, what did I do? Where do I need to repent? Lord, tell me where I need to repent. I just need to repent for something. Because this wouldn't have happened to me if, 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 if I didn't have to repent. Do you know somebody here needs to hear that it's, it has nothing to do with your sin? Amen. Somebody needs to hear that this is not a matter of your sin. You know, Yeshua had to deal with this with his disciples. Why is this? Why is this? Why is this person blind? Was it his own sin or was it his parents' sin? And Yeshua said it's neither. So the works of God can be displayed in him. And sometimes it takes a while for those works of God to display. Somebody here needs to know it's not, it's not because of you. It's not because of you. It's just things happen. Tribulation happens. But God is moving. God is doing and sometimes it takes a while. You know, Joseph was in prison for a long time, and all of a sudden, he was used. He, a, a, a spiritual gift was activated in him. In prison, you know what happened after that time? And, and the, uh, the, the baker and the, the butcher and the baker and the candlestick maker, whoever he, he met there in, in prison, they were released. You know how he had to go stay in prison for another two years? But the Lord was with him. And the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. During those months that Karen was homeless, the Lord is with you. When you're vehicleless, the Lord is with you. When you have your vehicle, the Lord is with you. And let's remember that, always remember that. You cannot flee from his spirit. You cannot flee from his spirit. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. So there's somebody here that needs to know that it's not about sin. If you're sinning, repent. Sons and daughters, if you're sinning, repent. Repent, turn away from it. But not every bad thing that happens is like, oh, Lord, why is this happening? What did I do? What did I do? You know, sometimes I just think that sometimes when God is silent, sometimes we're asking the wrong questions. The question is not, why is this happening to me? 
The question, the foundation of the question needs to be, Lord, you are here in the midst of this circumstance right now. You're in the midst of my sickness. You're in the midst of the poverty. You're in the midst of the tragedy. You're in the midst of my trauma. You're in the midst of it. It's not, Lord, why is this happening to me? It's, Lord, what are you doing right now? Because your spirit is here. Your spirit is here just as much as it's going to be when you take me out of this situation. So what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is why Yeshua was so close to the Father. It says, it says whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does. You know, you know, one thing I love, so Christianity came up with this expression, and I happen to love it. Like, what would Jesus do? And I love that. I happen to like it. It's a good question to ask in our times of trial. Okay, what, what, what would Jesus do? But, I, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to just twist it a little bit because, you know, when Yeshua said, I can only do what I see the Father doing, what he does, I do. This wasn't an, a time for Yeshua to contemplate. Well, what's my Father doing? Hmm. There was such, what, what was the word that was, that was said? There was such cohesion, spiritual cohesion between Yeshua and the Father. It wasn't like, well, okay, let me think about this. What would the Father do in this situation? There was such cohesion that he knew what the Father is doing, so we must be asking, what is Yeshua doing in this situation? What is he doing? The Spirit is here. Where can I flee? The answer is you can't, so he's here. All things work together for good for those who love him. You have the Holy Spirit. What is he doing? What is he doing in this situation? What is he doing? What are you doing, Yeshua? What are you doing right now? And what do you want to do in me, in this situation? That the, the, maybe the reason that we get so much silence from God is because we keep asking to be taken out of situations when God wants to manifest in that situation. Amen. Amen. Joshua, um, Joshua, Joseph was in prison, like I said, for years. He was in prison for years. And then all of a sudden, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker come before him. The baker and the cupbearer come before him. And they say, you know, we had these dreams. And all of a sudden, Joseph is activated. Oh, he was ready. Do you see that? He was in prison all this time. All of a sudden, the, the baker and the, and the, and the cupbearer were before him. And boom, his, his spiritual gifts are activated. After being in jail, in prison, in a horrible situation for all this time, he was ready. He was standing at the ready when it was time to, for his spiritual gifts that God has given him to be used, his dream interpretation. He was ready to go. These people said, boy, I got these dreams. I don't know how to interpret them. Boom. He was immediately activated. Don't dream interpretations belong to God? Come on, butcher, baker, candlestick maker. Tell me your dreams. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to give glory to God right now. Do you understand that? It, was, it could have been years. You know, he could, I bet you like during the time that he was in jail, maybe he was going, Lord, why is this happening? What, what are you doing? Why is this happening? Tell me my sin. What am I doing? You know what? He was human. Maybe he was doing that also. But you know what? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes God is silent. You know, that maybe it's just me because you're all so much more prophetic than I am. Where every time you ask God, like, what are you doing? You're getting like clear, concise answers. You know, and maybe Joseph was like that. What are, we, what are you doing, God? What are you, well, you're going to be here for a couple of years. You're going to be shackled to the wall, and, and, uh, and rats are going to eat your toes, but you're going to meet this butcher and this baker and this candlestick maker, and they're going to have these weird dreams, and they're going to come to you, and then you're going to activate. I have a hunch that that's not what happened. 
I have a hunch that it was silent, that it was a tough time. And what happened after he told these, these guys their dream, the, the interpretation of the dream? They were released, and guess what? He had to stay in prison for two more years. Sometimes God has us in situations, and he's saying, trust me, wait. I got this. You got this. You don't need to ask for a reason. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible. It's one of my favorites. Hindsight is always 2020. I don't know what Bible it's in, but maybe it's Talmudic or something. I don't know. Maybe Rabbi Nachum, when we get that other thing, maybe he quoted. But kind of it's true. You know, it was the same with Joseph also. You know, when the whole thing was done and then his brothers were finally in front of him, bowing to him like his original dream all those years ago, he went, oh my gosh. Everything I went through was from God. I didn't see it when I went through it, but now in retrospect, I have the 2020 vision. I see what God was doing this whole time. And there was such a revelation. You know, we often think of like the veil that was over the Jewish people's eyes and the veil was over their eyes. They couldn't see their brother. But you know what? There was a veil over the eyes of Joseph. He didn't see the hand of God in his, in his trials. And then at the end of it, the veil was lifted so he could see God's hand in it. And I tell you, in the times when you're making your bed in hell, you know, hindsight is 2020. There's going to be a time you're going to look back and say, okay, I, I, now I see it. I see it. But sometimes we just have to go through it. But always be ready, like Joseph was ready. Joseph was ready. After years of being in jail, all of a sudden these people needed dreams interpre interpreted, and his spiritual gift was activated. Where can I go from your spirit? You have the Holy Spirit within you. If you know the Lord, you have the Holy Spirit within you. And it's ready to go. He's ready to go. So just be ready. So just be ready. Situations are challenging. Health situations are challenging. Financial situations are challenging. But be ready. What is Yeshua doing in this? Not take me out of it. What are you doing in it? What are you doing in it? He'll take you out of it in his time. What are you doing in it? Thank you, Father. One of my favorite scriptures, favorite scriptures, is from Jeremiah. So just to paint the picture of what was happening is that Jeremiah was speaking to the exiles. Now, this is our people, our ancestors. They were in exile. They were taken out of, of, of Israel. Israel was, went through destruction from Babylon, and they were exiled into Babylon. This is not a good place to be. This is like a prison. This is like making their bed in hell. This is a tough situation that they were in. But you know what Jeremiah told them to do? Seek the prosperity of the city where I sent you in exile. Pray for the Lord and its behalf. In its prosperity will be your prosperity. You're in the hospital? Seek the prosperity of the hospital. Come on, somebody. You got a tough job? You got a jerk boss? Seek the prosperity of that place. You got a tough diagnosis? Seek the prosperity right where you are. You're homeless, you gotta live temporarily in a homeless shelter? Seek the prosperity of the homeless shelter. <clears throat> Seek the prosperity of the place where you were exiled. Seek the prosperity of the place you're exiled. Thank you, Father. It's so important. It's so important to do that. Father, may we, in our times of 
of when we're making our bed in hell, the times that we are, we are in, the, in the farthest edges of the shore. Lord God, help us out tonight to, to, to know what you're doing in these times and to seek the prosperity of that place. Seek prosperity of this place. This is where we get those amazing scriptures that we quote all the time. I have plans for you, not of calamity, but of prosperity to give you a future and a hope. That comes right out of that. That comes right out of that. He was speaking to people in exile. Thank you, Father, because he's always doing. You know, I, I'll share this story, and I, I've shared this story before, and, and most of you have heard it so many times that you're probably bored of the story. But Susie, going back almost 20 years, went through a bit of a health crisis when she was diagnosed falsely with multiple sclerosis. So the diagnosis was false, but the symptoms were there. And she was having uh, neurological symptoms. She was falling. She was weak. She was tremoring. She was having all of these neurological symptoms, and she didn't know what was happening. And everything was just bad. It went on and on and on for a long time. And she sought all the advice, and she sought all the doctors, and she sought all the, the, um, the, the naturopaths. And I can't tell you how much money we spent on green, disgusting juice and all this nasty stuff that cost like enormous amounts of money that wound up doing absolutely nothing for her. So much. And all of a sudden, we're at a rabbi's conference, and all of a sudden, this one because believe me, what, if you're sick, you're going to get two things from people of God. You're going to get two things. One, prayer. Two, the supplement that they like the best. <laughs> and we got all of that, and none of it worked. Until she went to this one ministry, and I don't need to tout the ministry, but I've, sold, I've spoken about it many times before. If you haven't heard me talk about repentance and renouncing and removing, you can go watch the YouTube videos, but this was one deliverance ministry that really wasn't just all about the, the pomp and circumstance of deliverance ministry and all the drama of deliverance ministry. It really was centered around repentance and renouncing uh, thought processes, depression, anxiety, and things like that, and the healing that comes as, a, as an output of that. And she came out of that and she was fully healed. The neurological symptoms were gone, the MRIs all of a sudden were good, and she was even cured of her dairy allergy, which she still gets the benefit from today. Because those who have been in our home group, our Havara home group, knows that she can make homemade ice cream pretty darn good. Glory. <laughs> so she went through this really, really challenging time. Why, God, why? Why am I in this challenging time? Why am I, what are you doing? What am I doing? What do I need to repent of? What am I doing? What, why, why are you doing this? Why are you, why are you afflicting me like this? The book of, the book of Michel, chapter 111, verse 2, hindsight's always twenty twenty. There is this one girl in our previous Messianic congregation in New Jersey. And again, I've spoken about this before, but I'm going to share it. Her name was Ruti. Ruti. Ruti Frankel. We knew her when she was this big when we attended that congregation. And once she started to enter into her teenage years, she wound up getting something called multiple chemical sensitivity disorder. Multiple chemical sensitivity disorder means that she was allergic to absolutely everything. Everything. 
especially everything that was outside, like the sun. Like she would go out and, and have like a skin reaction from her sun. She would touch a tree and she would get a reaction. She would breathe in the air, she would get a reaction. She couldn't breathe, you know, she would get inflammation in her, in her lungs or whatever it was. So she was having all of these adverse reactions to literally everything. She had to spend her formative years as a teenager locked up in her basement with no windows, with foil around the walls. And this is how she spent her teenage years. Now, Susie went through this amazing, you know, experience where she had this terrible health crisis that lasted maybe two years or something like that. And she went down to this, this, this ministry and she repented of everything and she was delivered and everything was good. And we would go to the mother. We would go to Elaine, the mother, Lainey. Uh, you know, maybe you would think about taking Ruti, your daughter, to this ministry, you know, and she's like, okay, thanks for the, thanks for the fee. You know, similar like when you get all the supplements recommendations from me. Like, thanks a lot, yeah. So anyway, so then like months later, I, went, I remember, remember seeing Lainey and we go, Lainey, you know, maybe you want to think about taking uh, Ruti to that uh, ministry. We had such a good experience there. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. So all of a sudden, Susan and I moved to Rhode Island from New Jersey. So here we are in Rhode Island. And a couple months after that, I go down to New Jersey to visit my mother. And I decide to visit the congregation that I attended. So on Saturday morning, I drive down to Beth Zion Messianic Synagogue in New Jersey, and I, I'm there, and I'm greeting the people, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying hello to the people that I haven't seen in a while. And all of a sudden, I see uh, Lainey, the mother, and she goes, Brian, guess who's here today? I said, who? And she goes, Ruti, and she pointed out Ruti. Ruti was out of the basement. She was out of the basement. I was flabbergasted. Ruti, my gosh, I can't believe it. I haven't seen you in so many years. You've been locked up for so long. What happened? What happened? And the mother said that they wound up calling that ministry that Susie went to. And they worked with her on the phone about, with the repentance and the renouncing and things like that. And after that experience, she walked out of the basement. She walked outside for the first time. Her dad told me that she walked around the house and it took her two hours to walk around the house. It took her two hours to walk around the house because she hasn't been out there so long, she stopped at every flower to touch every tree, to experience the, the feeling and the heat that she missed all those years locked up in the basement. So I'm saying all that just to say this. And where are the tissues that Karen used? Because this makes me cry. So I go to, oops, so I go to the phone, and I call up Susie. Susie wasn't with me, she was still at home. And I called up Susie, and I said, Susie, you're not gonna believe this. She goes, what? I said, Ruti is out of the basement. Susie goes, wow, wow. That's something that Karen does, by the way. Karen Trimble, if you get to know her, you, you just tell her the littlest things. Wow! <laughs> There's all that wonder, the childlike wonder. I love it. Anyway, so Susie goes, wow, she's out of the basement. What happened? I said, Susie, they wound up calling the ministry based on your recommendation. They wound up calling that ministry. Remember, I was on the phone with Susie. And all of a sudden, I hear Susie start to cry. Like, really cry. And you know what she started to say? Thank you, God, that I was sick. 
Thank you, God, that I was sick. She kept repeating that in tears. Thank you, God, that I was sick. Thank you, God, that I was sick. Because it was through her sickness that she was able to give a recommendation to somebody else who was sick, who got healed. Rootsy wound up moving to Israel and joining the IDF. When Susie and I were in Israel for Susie's 50th birthday seven years ago, am I going to get in trouble for saying that? Scratch from the tape. We got to see her, spend some time with her in Israel. She also, she came back, she's now married. And uh, her and her husband, oh, this is great. When she met her husband, guess what he had? Multiple chemical sensitivity disorder. Here's something new I haven't told you. You know what she said? You got to go down to this ministry. Guess what? He was healed. This is the progression, you know? Sometimes when God does something, you just can't stop it. It's like a train, you just can't stop it. But all that to say this, during the time of years when Susie was dealing with this health crisis, when she was falling in the shower and um, tremoring, and she just couldn't stop tremoring, no idea why it was happening, and nothing was working. It all culminated with a story where she wound up weeping on the phone to me saying, thank you, God, that it happened. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So just be encouraged. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. The Holy Spirit is there. Where can I flee from your spirit? Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. If I ride the wings of the dawn, you're with me. If I dwell at the outermost edges of the sea, even there, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me. I think I'm going to name this sermon, Even There. Even There. Even There. Thank you, Father. So, Father, we, just, we thank you for this, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that we know that even in the hard times, you're equally there with us. And sometimes, Lord God, it's just so easy to say, well, ask God what he wants. And he's going to give you what, he, what, what, what he's going to answer it right there. And Yeshua was in lockstep in spiritual cohesion with the Father. So, Father, I do pray that everyone here just, just, just presses in and says, what, will you, what is Yeshua doing now? What is Yeshua doing now? But even if the answer is the silence of God, Father, I just pray that everyone here, when they're going through these times of, of making their bed in hell, Whatever that is, whether it's health, financial, family, relationship, job, whatever it is, Father, just have them rest in the knowledge that you are there. Where can I flee from your spirit? You can't. And life in the Holy Spirit, like Yeshua said, is like the wind. You don't know which way it's coming from. Sometimes you don't know where it's going to. Sometimes life in the spirit, we don't know. Yeshua said that. Those are in the spirit. They're like the wind. You don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it goes to. Father, I ask for comfort and your presence. Father, for those that are going through the rough times, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Joseph went to prison in that awesome scripture from last Torah portion. But the Lord was with him. And the Lord is with you too. Even in your loneliness, the Lord is with you.
Thank you, Father. Amen.